Hey, Zero Block 30 listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Pride members can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball Nip. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball Nips and have a great time on the golf course. Well, welcome back to another edition of Zero Block 30. Today we have an unbelievable seven rounds in the magazine. So hold on to your dicks or your vaginas, whatever you got. Mm-hmm. Round number one, we talk about how most enlisted folks hate their junior officers. Today we're going to give you a perfect example of the reason why. It involves filling water jugs with 20-ounce bottles of water. Round number two, at the age of 16, you should be able to, one, drive, two, join the Army, and three, have to wait another five years to legally vape or purchase booze. Those are the facts, and they are undisputed. Round number three, a new poll found 64% of all veterans don't view the Iraq war as worth the cost. What in the world are the other 36% seeing? We talk about that a little bit. Round number four, a Marine got promoted from Lance Corporal all the way to Sergeant in the same day. He sounds like a motivator, right? Wrong. Wait until you hear about how this command fucked up. Round number five, the Army's introducing audiobooks for their field manuals. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? I think it's going to backfire big time, and I'll explain why in this round. Round number six, there is nothing more special than, de- than deployment porn, and we honor that porn by honoring those who honored that porn in Iraq just over 10 years ago. And finally, round number seven, a badass Coast Guardsman went full send and jumped on a narco submarine, and it's the most badass thing that we've seen in a long, long time. Let's get going with the show, which today is brought to you by who, Kate? It's brought to you by Lucy. I have to say, in the summertime, it's a million degrees out. It's hot. It's humid. Today, days like today, it's pouring rain. I hate getting that smoke smell stuck on me. I hate coughing. And it's bad for my radio voice, all that smoking. So I've switched over to Lucy. If you're looking for a boost of nicotine that you can enjoy anywhere like me, check out the powerful, long-lasting flavors of Lucy gum available at lucy.co. Lucy serves up that nicotine buzz you know and love without the thick clouds of smoke or fruity vapor. No more tobacco-stained teeth, smoky clothes, no more shamefully pulling on that vape at the office or a classy function. Lucy was designed by a team of scientists from Harvard, Stanford, and Caltech who used to smoke themselves so they get it. They reimagined what nicotine could be. Just four milligrams of clean nicotine and food-grade ingredients that provide a buzz you can enjoy anywhere even here at Barstool Sports in the office, if you're me. Plus, there's three delicious flavors, cinnamon, pomegranate, and my personal favorite, citrus mint. But make sure you use it the right way. You just chew it a few times and then let it sit in the side of your cheek against your gums. Believe me, I chewed it like regular gum for the first time. It hits pretty hard. So you just need a few chews at a time, put it in your gum. When it wears out, chew it again for a second, do the same thing. It lasts for a long time. The 278 ACR they took stupid to a, n- a whole new level. Now, we got this picture, and we found this picture from U.S. Army AT, uh, What the Fuck Moments, and they're in this room. You have two soldiers who are in a room filling five-gallon water bu- jugs that you've seen a million times if you've ever been in the military. They're those classic tan ones or beige, I guess. Ah, let's go with the military term. They're coyote. They're coyote mm. in color, mm-hmm. and they're sitting there. They're also in this just square room. Four coyote-colored walls, and you have these two privates, I assume they're privates, Mm. sitting on their asses with piles and piles of 20-ounce water bottles sitting around them, and they're filling up the five-gallon jugs with them. And it's because the LT thought it was a good idea. He also brought the detail 
He also had the detail filling the entire water buffaloes, which I believe are like 300 gallons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're big. So filling 300-gallon tubs, basically, One for better or worse, with time. bottles of water. <laughs> One bottle of water at a time, which is crazy. Now, what, why do you guys think this – Cons, we'll start with you first. Why do you think that they were possibly doing this? Oh, I can tell you exactly why because here's why. Here's, here's how a young second lieutenant, maybe even a first lieutenant thinks. This lieutenant got the directive from his battalion commander – Hey there, LT. Make sure you got enough water out there for your platoon. Roger, got it. He sees all these water bottles. He comes up with the idea of they'd be easier to transport them in five-gallon jugs. And that's where the problem occurs for lieutenants. They figure out a solution, but then they don't go one step further and they think, does this solution actually make sense? So had he taken one step further, he would have realized... It's a lot easier if I just figure out a way to transport all these water bottles versus taking the time to put all these water bottles into five-gallon jugs. It's just the curse of what happens with most officers. Yeah, all I can think is that it's a punishment or something. Like, maybe these two guys fucked up. It's like, instead of peeling potatoes, now you have to pour uh, really shitty cheap bottled water into giant jugs. Uh, That's the only thing, because just sitting there and glug, 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 glug. Twist the next cap. Glug, 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 glug. Doing that. I mean, I imagine this would take hours, That's honestly. That's a good water sound effect, so, by the thank way. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah. Here's Jax. what I think happened. Okay. I think, I think the training NCO who was in charge of making sure that everything was in order forgot to call water and tell them that we need water buffaloes out there that are filled because most most units you can call and have somebody deliver a water buffalo out wherever you need it oh yeah somebody forgot to do this in the planning cycle whenever they had their mission directive somebody forgot to do this so it was probably the e7 and the and the second lieutenant that were tasked with making this happen so they probably went out and bought these water bottles from like costco or something like Mm -hmm. that because they didn't have it and they're trying to make the mission still go because somebody in like the s3 shop fucked up yeah that that's certainly feasible but these types of examples are exactly why younger enlisted folks hate young officers i was actually so last night i was out at the uh, kfc radio show and two people came up to me and they were zbt listeners and they said hey man why do Chaps and Kate give you such a hard time all the time? And they never relent. They just always give you such a hard time. And I just said, He's that's, an just, officer. that's the way it goes. It yeah. never stops. It just still reflects. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can, much like Martin Luther in the 95 Theses, we, can't, we will not recant either. <laughs> I know. Love you, though. <laughs> a little seminarian reference for you there. That was impressive. <laughs> Impressive callback. Very much. I love. I love the idea of. See, this. This is one thing that's different about the Marine Corps and the Army too. Mm. I don't feel like any Marines would ever blame their second lieutenant for this because the second lieutenant is not the one that's going to be coming in and telling them to do this. Right. This would always fall on the platoon sergeant in the Marine right, Corps. Right. Always. Yeah. In the Army, we definitely give that scapegoat. We we make those lieutenants the scapegoat. Always. So such is the life of a young officer. So what are yeah. you going to do? The- well, we deserve it, and we hate you guys always, Even <laughs> except for the young ROTCs. The young ROTC students who reach out to us, they're so fucking adorable, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, whenever they DM us and they're just like, hey, guys, learned so much about leadership from the pod. Love you. I'm like, you little rascal. You little rapscallion. And I'm like, how? We just talked about our b-holes for 30 minutes last time. I don't understand, but I'm glad that they listen. Yes, I'm glad, yeah. too. I'm glad All when right, people reach out on. for advice, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Let's move on to round number two. All right. Round two. At the end of World War II, the Army had over 8 million service members. 
I actually didn't know that. That is a huge number. Yep. That huge. is fucking insane. Yeah. yeah. Insane. That's the logistics wild. of that are, are crazy. Yeah, that's just unbelievable. Today, in, by comparison, the Army has fewer than 500,000 troops, and it's struggling to reach its recruiting goals. For example, last year, the service planned to grow the active force to 487,500, but it ended 2019 about 10,000 short due to recruiting and retention issues. It's a difficult market because it's a very healthy job market, said Acting Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy. This environment is as challenging as we faced. 3.6% unemployment. We have no benchmark historically for the all-volunteer force. Yeah, so they're they're losing numbers, but one fella has an idea. Shane McCarthy, who runs a platform called Sandbox with two X's at the end, not three X's at the end. That would be a sexy version of Sandbox, just two. Uh, But Shane McCarthy says lowering the age of enlistment to 16 could be another alternative. For one, many of the factors that disqualify older youth from joining, like criminal records, are not as present in younger teens. Currently, of the 75 percent of 17 to 24 year olds who are ineligible to serve for example 10 percent are ineligible due to criminal records the others i think are uh i think if you don't look cool enough yeah if you're like you got art like weird arches in your feet i think those are the other that's the 90 percent uh recruiting younger teens is not uncommon for other countries canada for example allows 16 year olds to serve in the reserves once uh once they're still in full-time education though the uk allows for anyone from 15 years and seven months old to drop out of school with permission from parents and join the military holy shit uk allows you can be 15 and join the military we actually interviewed we interviewed a guy like that we had a dude on our show that was in a part of the mm-hmm. british royal army or british royal marines or something like that and he dropped out of high school you can kind of have that as a designator i think america should adopt that part of it like for for instance why if you're 15 years old you know you're not going to be doing algebra 2 and calculus you could just identify some of these kids right away mm. and instead of making them go through traditional high school be like go learn a trade go be an electrician go repair acs go be a plumber and have people going through actual trade school well yeah. there is i, I mean exist. my high school had that yeah mm-hmm. my high school had that for sure but enlisting doesn't also also means you don't have to deploy right away so those younger ages uh, in the uk they're not slated to go on deployments uh, and the U.S. already has procedures in place to prevent the deployment of 17-year-olds who can join here again with with special stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Army believes it's important to have potential soldiers meet recruiters before they turn 17. I have to say, I love Shane McCarthy's idea of 16-year-olds joining because I think that we could create a special MOS just for them that's designated driving. <laughs> All you do... Just put them all in Motor T. Yeah. Yep. They you all go, go to Motor T, 16 right, I, to 17. I don't hate that. And they teach you tactics on calming down drunks in the back seat. Wow. They teach you drive-through protocol because you're gonna they're going to want you to go to Taco Bell late at night what and make burger. those runs. Oh, yeah. They're going to teach you how to avoid the riffraff in town while you're waiting for them to leave the bar. Yeah. Uh, you can learn... Now the- the more you talk about it, the more I think that's a great idea because not only that, yeah, you're, but, you're but swaying the units me. when mm-hmm. when the units come back from deployment or they come back from long training missions in the field with these, which these younger bucks aren't going to be able to do. You have automatic barracks duty. Be like, hey, dude, you're 16. If you're not 18, you're on the barracks duty. Everybody right. over 18, you're not on the barracks duty list. But if you're 16, or if you're 18, 17, or 16, you're going to have to pull it. I think people actually love that. Yeah, wow. I think it would be a huge... I got to tell you, I, I came in before we started talking about this topic, and I was of the mindset, 
do you want to know what I was doing at 16? Of course you don't want to know what I was doing at 16 because I was an idiot just like every other 16-year-old kid is out there. Right. But when but you frame it as... change the 18 to 19 No, exactly. Not. No, exactly. I think about all the idiots I had in my platoon the things I had to deal with when they were 18, 19, 20. But now that you're talking about it, if we just give them very specific duties, I don't hate this idea anymore. Also, I would like to volunteer myself. I could be... They have to live in their own barracks and each barracks You're the house like mom. a mom. Yeah. <laughs> Kids, the Tostinos are ready. Come on. Come on out. I would love to be the mom. It would essentially be like boarding school, right? Like right. Have kind like of. Military boarding school. Yeah. yeah. They're the only oh, ones wow. on base who have like a soft hop. Like, mm-hmm. who's coming? Are you guys going to the dance tonight? Yeah. So. Kate, no, Kate comes I in. The- to, I hate to take it here, but you know Sergeant Jane Doe on Twitter? She's a great Twitter follow. Yes. Um, she's, a, she's actually deployed right now, so she has like a lot of real what's going on right now in the services if you want to follow her sergeant jane doe is her name she made a great point she's like what what is it going to be like for that young captain the first time a 16 year old female comes in and be like hey i'm pregnant and it's my 28 years old sergeant who lives with the barracks baby see now we're getting back into the, the problems that i had envisioned as a platoon leader being brought to my desk so i don't know if all of the great ideas that you've just presented outweigh the headaches that would be presented by a bunch of 16-year-olds running around. Yeah. Well, a bunch of creepy higher-ups running around, I would say. Whoa. Men are, men are Satan. <laughs> there we go. It wouldn't be an episode if Kate didn't get in a dig at men. I just really... <laughs> Hate them. <laughs> oh, you guys are all the worst. I... Uh... I don't know, though. I, I don't hate the idea. And I bet parents, too. If I was a mom, and I'd be like, oh, I can make them dip out at 16? Yeah. All right. Yeah, true, true. You don't have to worry about Bye. college. But also, I mean, college my daughter is, is 14. Imagining my daughter in a barracks somewhere in two years. Oh, my God. Thinking that she would be emotionally or any type of ready for that type of environment is baffling. I think you would have to have some sort of extensive interview process. It couldn't just be blanket, hey, you're 16, come on in. You would have to. Yeah, because we trust recruiters to do that. Yeah, like we do it right now. Recruiters are be like, I got a number. God. If you can breathe, come on in. I just, I hear myself now, saying That's what these I like talking to my working. old recruiter buddies. Like, and they're like, dude, I don't care, man. Like the people, they could be straight up murderers and I don't care if I yeah. have to get my number. He's like, because I just, they won't get promoted. Like you have to do what you have to do. Right. And with the army being already behind they're gonna have to keep like lowering the standards because you have to have that manpower number and raising bonuses lowering the standards and all that stuff so boy did i join at the wrong time (laughs) you got to find that medium though right because you don't want to lower it so far that you just get just any swinging dick out there swinging vagina excuse me well they were having that problem right around the surge time whenever we had to do the the surge they were having that issue they were taking just about anybody who wanted to get in Mm -hmm. all right let's go on to round number three Um, Round number three, about two-thirds of veterans think that the Iraq war was not worth fighting, and more than 50% think that the same thing about the war in Afghanistan, according to a Pew Research Center. Pew, if you don't know, it's a nonpartisan think tank, and they take all kinds of polls. They have the scientific standard whenever they do all their polling. They said that veterans served in either Iraq or Afghanistan are no more supportive of those wars than those who didn't serve. And, and this is the shocking part, it has nothing to do, their research and their numbers have nothing to do with rank or combat experience. Because hmm. I would have thought it would have been jaded a little bit because people have more of an issue with saying something that I did didn't matter. Yeah, I, Right? Uh, like no, quite honestly. I think that's how it goes. How, how, I mean, chaps, you and I were both in Iraq. I don't think I ever want to admit that I went there and it was all for nothing. 
Well, I th- right. I think when I came back from Afghanistan in the first couple years after I got out, they say one of the toughest things to deal with sometimes, obviously physical is its own mm-hmm. really tough ball of wax, I can't imagine, but the moral injury. And uh, the first few years after I got out, I had a really hard time because I did feel like it was all in vain and I did feel like my friends died for nothing and I did feel like all of it was I felt for the people who were going through it the civilians in Afghanistan Mm -hmm. because like the from the first week I was outside the wire and my dad probably has a letter somewhere I was like dad this is like a quagmire like I uh, me a lance corporal at like 20 early 20s -hmm. I was like this is just fucked there's no end to the, like this right yeah i well, think so anybody who, point, who was there you have whenever you're outside of the wire you say what the fuck is going on here we don't have any real guidance what is the what is the mission here and that nothing was sustainable mm-hmm. i could see that right mm-hmm. away that without us being there constantly and even then it was was messed up that i felt like nothing was sustainable and over the years i feel like you know you just have to look for the small the small silver line, like sure. the small things, things, I guess. you did that were positive. And to know that you just did your job the best you could, and right. that's all you could do at the time. So, right, I don't but know. To your point about thinking about are these things sustainable, I think about the length that we've been there, and I think that would pro- that, that probably greatly impacts these numbers, right? Had we gone into Afghanistan, oh, sure. Iraq, been in and out in you know one to three years, I think the number would be a lot higher in terms of who approved of us going there. Well, if we lower that yeah. military age, <laughs> I mean, the war like, could join what? the war now. <laughs> right, what, Troll Weathers it's always 16, says if things 17? were completely different, they'd be different. Right, like, I think yeah. That, yeah. That, that's true. That's very but the first time that I ever got to the place where I could admit that, where I could admit that something was off or that what we did might not have meant much, was when Fallujah fell again. Like yeah. after oh, we I got Fallujah, that. Fallujah was in control, and then whenever the reports like ISIS is in control of Fallujah, you were just like motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that for me, that was the turning point on my thought process because before that I've been like, women can go to school there. Women are voting in Iraq. They're casting their votes. They're doing these things. There was those little snippets of things that I believed in that I could hold on to. After Fallujah fell again, I was like, man, and now across, it is definitely worth it. Across worthless. the board on social media, when Fallujah fell, yeah, all, like every veteran I knew that had been there, it was just, it was just so like, heavy. Fuck. It was so I, my heart broke for all you guys when I saw that that happened. But. It was just the copy and paste the article from the Marine Times or wherever it came from, and the only word usually was "fuck." <laughs> I wish I could go back and have like a screenshot of what my timeline looked like at the time on Facebook because it was bad. I mean, obviously, we don't want to spend a lot of times on that. Just interesting that sixty-four percent of veterans say that the war in Iraq was. Pointless. Interesting, though, 50% only say that about Afghanistan. I would have thought at this point it would have been a lot higher, but it's at 50%, which is interesting to note as well. Yeah. Let's move on to round number four. Round number four, I got this from um, a pal on Instagram. His name is Dave. I told him I'd leave his full name out. He said, I'll leave the actual names out of this story. We had a guy named Corporal Smith, but he's a bit of a weird, nerdy guy, not very well-liked, but I never really had a problem with him personally, and he was decent at his job, which I think is a very important, if you're talking about somebody who has the reputation of might being a little bit of a shitbag Mm -hmm. or that you don't really like them, if they are proficient at their job, that covers a lot of illnesses in oh, the yeah. military. Yep. Like, yes, I don't like does. this dude. I don't like this lady, but she's good at her job. Can be that covers on. a yep. lot of wrongs. Yep. Sure does. 
Um, he said a few weeks prior to us Lima Battery 310 deploying, he had barracks duty as barracks duty NCO. He was married and lived out in town, and when he called in, he claimed to be sick and he couldn't stand duty. And if you're not in the Marine Corps, I'm kind of going off script here. If you're not, just to give you a heads up, if you're not in the Marine Corps and somebody calls in off of duty, then there's somebody has to take that duty. Mm-hmm. And there's usually a super nut is what we would call them that had to take that duty last minute and you had to be ready to go at any time. And that shit sucks. And when you make somebody go in when they're the super nut, everybody kind of feels it because then you just get bumped up a day. Let's go back into what he actually said. Later on, someone sees Corporal Smith out in the Jacksonville Mall shopping with his wife and took some pictures of him and sent them to the command. He gets NJP'd and busted down to Lance Corporal and we deploy. Now, all the other corporals, myself and a few others in the platoon, are making him do extra duty, like scrubbing stairs with a toothbrush and giving him the worst firewalk shifts every single night, yada, yada, yada. About three-fourths of the way through the deployment, we do a promotion ceremony on the flight deck per usual. Afterwards, our CEO brings into a school circle and promotes Lance Corporal Smith to sergeant and pins him. We're all standing around like, what the fuck? We get told after our command fucked up doing his paperwork, and this guy was still in the system as a corporal collecting points every quarter until he got the cutting score to sergeant, and one day the command gets a promotion warrant for him to E5. Now, I don't know if this if they could have done something. Side note, they definitely could have. <laughs> Sorry for the, the long novel, but it's one of the things that just kills me when I think about it. Crazy, man. So that basically, shit is crazy. This guy was caught, confirmed liar, to go to the fucking Jacksonville Mall with right. his wife, screwing over another <laughs> yeah. Marine who, and that's 24 hours of your life is duty, so another Marine had to spend 24 hours of his life covering for this guy who was clearly lying, which you just don't Where's do Where's your conscience on you, that? In the Marines, you just don't do yeah. that shit. So basically, and what I'm trying to understand is- so And that, if you do do it, you stay at home. But wait. <laughs> you stay at home. Yeah. So there was a shift in the story that I wasn't quite sure I followed. He gets in trouble. They're fucking with him back stateside. And then they deploy. And while they're deployed, he gets promoted to sergeant? Yeah, so they're still fucking with him on the ship and everything like that. They do a regular promotion ceremony, I assume, on the first of the month, like every other Marine unit in the world does. And then this guy goes from corporal to sergeant. Now, a little bit behind the behind the scenes like they could have stopped this i have no idea why the command didn't stop that they could have just went into mol and non-rec right him or do not promote this marine mm-hmm. letting him go from corporal to sergeant really fucks up all the people who were corporals giving him the punishment that he so rightfully deserved so you go into the system and you see that somebody made a mistake you don't just ignore that mistake and say oh well he never got you know knocked down in the system so we're just gonna go ahead and keep going why right. Did, you, know, you tell I can't your someone one did... fix the issue. Right, exactly. Like you can go in and just adjust it. I don't right. understand what happened. Uh... But you can kind of tell that this unit was like probably had a commander who was real shitty. And he said that because this is the type of unit every single Marine had to have their flat gack, their their combat gear, their flak jack and all that shit um, set up the same exact way, which is asinine. Oh, that's very – yeah, because that's one of those things – and I don't mean to interrupt you, Kate, but that's definitely one one of those things that everyone kind of does it how is comfortable for them, and you, you make it right. unique to you. Obviously, we all have a uniform, but everyone does their gear just a little bit different because this is what works for you. What were you going to say, Kate? I was going to say one thing. Oh, bleeding hard, Kate, checking in here. This all started. <laughs> oh God, here we go. This all started because he was supposed to be on duty. He told them he was sick, and he got caught at the mall with his wife. Mm-hmm. Things have been on the rocks recently. They've been having a tough time. A lot of fighting. He was sleeping on the couch. But finally, they reconnected a little bit. She said, please, come to the mall with me. There's a sale at the Jacksonville Mall Hot Topic. And there's a really cool pair of Jenko jeans that I've been looking at. 
and I would feel really great if you came with me. And he's like, my marriage is falling apart. Fuck. You know what? I'm going to go with her to the Jacksonville Mall because he'd been having a tough time too. He went and then everything fell apart. So I blame the narc who took a photo of him. <laughs> I died. You're the fucking worst. Yeah, seriously. You're just this guy's worst. a You even try to stick up bag. for Bagel Guy. You're such a bleeding heart that you even try to stick up for Bagel Guy. For a second. And then I took it back. Gosh. We won't get into I'm it. And you, and you don't back. like friends? Yeah, I don't know about yeah. you these days. Honestly, if you wouldn't have taken the Bagel Guy feel sorry for back, I would have probably taken your Honor Courage commitment card today. Well, luckily I saved myself in the nick of time, okay? You know what I was thinking about when I was reading this story, though, too? I can't recall if I ever took a sick day in the military where I just didn't go into work. Ooh. Just because of all the hoops you got to go through to actually take a sick day, go to sick call, get someone well, to say you're really, actually sick. Because even on days that you're really sick, you still have to go to first sergeant and prove them that right. you're sick. Right. Like even if right. you go to medical and they're like, you got to go to SIQ and they give you SIQ, you still got to bring that in there and you'll be like, all right, have a seat. I'll get the clerk out here in a minute. You're still there until fucking noon. Yeah, isn't that ridiculous in the military? You can wake up, take your temperature yourself, see that it's 101. I don't need someone else to tell me I have a fever. Yeah. But I still have to go you have to and have it. someone tell me I have a fever to then show my chain of command that I'm actually. I sick. wonder if I wonder if that's different now though because there's so many different ways of communication. True. I try to think now if I was like a first sergeant or sergeant major, I would probably have a marine stick a thermometer in their mouth and show it to me at an angle on Facetime and be like, "All right, devil dog, take your fucking temperature and I'll watch." Uh, yeah. If it comes up, wow. If it comes if it comes in at 101, you could stay home. If not, good bitch, put your fucking tennis shoes on and meet me in my office. <laughs> I'd have a little bowl of warm milk right underneath the camera phone. Yeah, you can you imagine? You would, you would. Could you imagine all the scheming that would go on? Oh, oh, I thought you were saying you're going to give warm milk to the sick Marine. Ew, no. Oh, my God, what? <laughs> you <Jeez>. would. <laughs> Sorry, I got to go Got to go into the pumping room. I'm feeding these Marines. No, no, I don't mean the house, Mom. <laughs> oh, I mean just like warming up a glass. Every, everybody signs up for sick call. They're like, like, this, girl, this girl Kate comes in. <laughs> Kate's the best. I want to live in her house. On this show, but I'll never intimate that Kate's going to breastfeed a marine. <laughs> now we know why you want to be the house mom for all those sixteen yeah. years. Oh, I'm whoa, not a regular whoa, mom. Whoa, I'm a pool mom. Whoa! Sign that. Play the siren because that was it was super rare for me. But yeah. one was on a weekend at Fort Leonardwood, mm-hmm. and they had this big indoor swimming pool. And of course, everyone else is going out in town, staying at the hotels, getting all fucked up. And I was like, oh. The on-base pool has a really big diving board, so I stayed on base, and I, like, put on my little one-piece swimsuit, and I was, like, down the pool, and I decided to try and do a cannonball off the high dive. This was, like, on a Sunday afternoon, and so I was, like, woo, and I went in. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I went down so fast that the pressure changed in my head, and I cracked my eardrum, so they, I was real disoriented, and they had to, like, help me to the side of the pool, and I was, like, whoa, and they had to call my sergeant. Uh-huh. Who was like a super hardo to come pick me up. And he was like, well, what happened? And I was like, oh, I cannonballed too hard and my ear hurts. And he was like, what? So he had to take me to the hospital and stay. So that was embarrassing. The second, I went to Applebee's. This was also on a Sunday. I went to Applebee's and I went ham on the all-you-can-eat menu. As, as one does. It was rib time. Yeah. Got food poisoning. And From Applebee's, I'm shocked. I was so sick in the barracks that night. They called our sergeant who had to come. He was married. He had to come on base in his brand new truck. I puked all over his brand new truck. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> that was my second favorite. What would you do, <laughs> Chaps, if you picked up one of your young Marines and they puked in a brand new truck of yours? 
I don't know. Ooh, that would be bad. Well, I had the one Marine that I told you about whenever I had Clark Johnson on the show where we had to pick him up and he was really drunk at the hospital and I just put on Screamo as loud as I possibly could oh. in my truck with like a system and everything to make him throw up and I just <laughs> dared him the entire time. I was like, I fucking dare you throw up. It would have been a bad day. Oh. It would have been a bad, bad day for sure. When I cracked my eardrum, my equilibrium got kind of fucked up for, mm-hmm. a, for a hot minute and they made me, the next morning we had the PFT Monday morning at like 5 a.m. It was still dark out and he was like, you're still doing it. I was like, look at something like, I was like running in the dark, like weaving and wobbing. Up Car Wash Hill. Yeah. The bar hang like killed me. I was like, oh, fuck my ears. So it was, it was a good time. Anyway. Uh, All right. Let's move on to round number five. Round number five. I think the army is, they're continuing their trend of trying to modernize and make things more acceptable to i would say a millennial or younger audience people who are 32 and younger because a lot of people aren't carrying around books they're listening to audiobooks and podcasts that's what you guys do right it is i know you like you like paper books con i do like i still do like paper books it does make me feel like i'm better than people i actually me too i have to say (laughs) i am also the same i do like the paper books but you're an audiobook guy chaps right well it, it depends like if it's a complicated book like it's a like an, a biography, for example, mm-hmm. where I have to know where somebody is and I have to go back and read it several times if, to try to get a picture of where they are in the world. I can't just listen to it once and have it. I want to read like an actual book about what they're doing. Right. So like Kyle Carpenter's new book, that's not one that I would want an audio book. I want it where I can place marks in it, notes about what I'm thinking about in the time. So if I want to go back and look at it again, I could do that. That's how I feel. That's why I feel like this Army Field Manual isn't going to work out. Even though they're trying really hard, some of these are so technical that it's going to be difficult for the for soldiers to really grasp what they're saying. Um, in order to demonstrate that, everybody knows what force marching is, where you go out and you hump with a platoon or you hike with a platoon miles and miles and miles. The Army has field manuals about essentially everything that you could possibly ever do given day to day. And the Marines use the Army field manuals for a lot mm-hmm. of shit too. There's one on morale for force marching. Think about listening to this while Khan reads it. Actually, listen to it, I guess. <laughs> morale can greatly affect soldiers during foot marches. Low morale can be contagious and magnify any discomfort soldiers might experience. Commanders and subordinate leaders improve morale by applying leadership and emphasizing proper foot march techniques, some of which are provide advance warning of an upcoming march so soldiers can prepare adequately, hold formations early enough to allow time for inspecting soldiers and performing last-minute checks, during foot marches, avoid delays keeping soldiers standing for extended periods. Delays can increase fatigue, Causing legs right, to exactly. <laughs> like nobody is listening to that. And listen to how much bullshit this is. You want to increase morale by holding formations early? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, that's I, how you're. That's how the army's drawing up. Like for you to increase your morale is holding formations early. I would like a word with whoever, whomever wrote this field manual. No, so. On certain topics, yes, I agree with you, chaps, but on more technical topics that are probably a little harder to get through reading, I think listening in a podcast audio form would work because – think about this. Think about this. 
Think about if you listen to Barstool Radio, Power 85 every day. It gets to the point where you can finish the commercials because you've heard them so many times. So even though if you're talking about a technical subject and even if it is a little boring, it is going to get into your brain and you are going to be able to learn whatever it is you're listening about. I think what has to be done is it has to be read in a certain way that captures soldiers' attention. Can I try and show you what I mean yeah, like that? Try, yes. That was yeah, boring. <laughs> but if you do it the right way. <clears throat> Welcome to the audiobook on morale. Hold on, let me adjust in my seat because my huge tits are so heavy. It's hard to get comfortable when I settle in to read something like this. What in the fuck? Oh, morale can greatly affect soldiers during foot marches. Mm-mm-mm. Low morale can be contagious and magnify any discomfort soldiers might experience. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Especially if you have a giant old hog in your pants. Mm. What commanders? Please stop. Are we listening? Please stop. Is everybody at attention? Everybody at attention? All right. Oh, we're at attention. So I feel like if you read it right, you would get people to pay attention to these new audio. Especially horny young soldiers. Yeah. I was I was gonna bet there that that was going to be the sweep the chimney governor. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. So yeah, that was a good job. Maybe it would work like that even better. Yeah, if you did characters. Yeah. All right, so I don't really know yet. if we have too much more. Speaking of horny, let's just move into round number six. We're not even going to talk. We're just going to fucking play it. Because in round number six, we found this video. I stumbled across this video based on military Reddit. Uh, our, our military had it. And there are some Marines that had a legitimate funeral for some porno mags. Not even really porno mags. More like Maxim magazines and shit like that. Which is the primary spank bank material of what you had ten years ago in Iraq and Afghanistan. Listen to these Marines and how professionally they do their funeral for their porno stash. Well, just to add to it, they were burning it, I believe, because they had Mormons shifted into their platoon and the Mormons didn't want the porn in their platoon anymore, so they had to burn oh, it because of them. Interesting. Is that what it was? That's what I, that's what I read in the YouTube bio of the video. Interesting. Oh, wow. Good, good for those Marines, man. Yeah. That's like the most woke shit I've ever heard a, a bunch of deployed Marines ever doing. Yeah, or I'm get, or they were told they had to. But either yeah, way, I like that they respectfully. I don't think Marines right. would give up the jugs that easily. But I like when, they did it though. Whenever I, I, it's very much like a Forrest Gump thing. Raccoons on the back porch, mom just sweep them <laughs> off with a broom. But whenever we had a Mormon go into our platoon uh, in Okinawa, our sergeant convinced a lot of the other junior troops that. Because they were like, well, we don't know what Mormons believe, but he is very conservative. He's like, oh, they believe that like seagulls are like representation of God, and <laughs> that we we had he had, the sergeant had everyone convinced that this new marine in our platoon essentially worship seagulls. So we had to be very nice. <laughs> is this the same so, guy that taught you that Okinawa was an island and that you could swim under it? Is that the same guy? It was the same guy who believed that stuff. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. That checks out. Well, if you're a Mormon yeah. listening, let us know. Would you be pleased to see your uh, to see your guys burn in the pot? I li- if yeah. I was, I'd like to think I'd be like, thank you. I appreciate you doing a good send off for it and getting it out of my hair. So, so. I, when I was watching this video, I watched it earlier today, and my eyes lit up. And I actually just sent you guys some pictures for context. But it one, it's crazy that I was in Iraq almost, or actually, yeah, over ten years ago. So I was in Iraq at the same time. So these magazines. You recognized him. Yes. They were holding up these pictures. I was like, wait a second. I've seen that picture. I've seen that picture. I had 
all these pictures all over wow, my office. Wow, chalky than yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just really nostalgic How do you think Khan's got him to stick to the wall? Yeah. <laughs> no tape needed. It was just very nostalgic that all these pictures were in this video. And I was like, wait, I recognize these women. It was great. Oh, my right. God. Here's, here's the sound from the video. We gather here today to honor the eternal memory of the women that have sacrificed selflessly for the good of those that have suffered sexual repression through geographic isolation, namely us. These ladies of the periodical, queens of the centipede, have inspired our imaginations and other parts that shall not be mentioned at this time. Though these many months have been long and hard, they have provided us with a means for us to have a temporary release. Your undying patriotism and service to those who serve has not been in vain. And though our time together may come, have come to an end, we will, you will forever live on in our hearts. We salute you, O oh Princess of the Page. You will never be forgotten. Now we will list up a few of the names of those that have inspired us. Carmen Electra. Data Asta Biba. Road. I don't think we really say anything else. That's it. Let's move on to round number seven. All right, round number seven. So I want to give a little background on these stories because we find a lot of the stuff that we talk about on ZBT through our friends at like Task and Purpose, through Military.com, through Army Times, Navy Times, Marine Times, Air Force Times, blah, 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 blah. But all three of us or all four of us are subscribed to these defense videos that come out every single day. And I get like a list of articles that come out straight from the Department of Defense. And a lot of times these videos are so fucking boring. It's just a bunch of troops like standing in formation or you'll have a bugle caller who didn't miss a note that day and things like that. And you'll have, let me explain to you what it sounds like. It says USS Coast Guard Cutter Monroe, or I think that's how you say it, Monroe, crew members board a self-propelled semi-submersible suspected drug smuggling vessel, an SBSS, June 18th, 2019, while operating in international waters in the eastern Pacific Ocean, Build purpose like smuggling vessels like the SPS are designed to hold large quantity of contraband while evading detection by law enforcement authorities. This is from U.S. Coast Guard videos. Sounds super boring, right? Yeah, basically, like, there's a Coast Guard cutter, a badass coastie jumps off of it onto a submarine where there's a drug guy. Right, but what I'm saying is we missed this even though it came out three weeks ago and nobody saw it even though it was given out to all different types of military media because of the way that they said it. The description was so ho-hum. It was so ho-hum as if, oh, like this is no big deal. But then you watch the video and you see this dude jump onto this moving vessel and it's just so impressive. Yeah, it's one of the more impressive feats that I've seen. One, because just moving from one floating vehicle to another Mm -hmm. on the move is difficult. Yes. Like I don't know if you've ever tried to go from one jet ski to the other. Just getting on a jet ski in the water, like once it's already in the water, is tough. 
it gives you a little ab workout. If your core is not right, you're, you're not going to be good. Going from a speeding boat onto just the top of a semi-submerged submarine without slipping with a weapon in your hand and knowing that you're going to open up a hatch and see a bunch of people who are smuggling cocaine, they might have weapons pointed at you right in your face, and not making a mistake at all is unbelievably athletic. That's yeah. You're 100% Accurate, and I agree, and something I want to point out that you said, think about that. He opens that hatch. There could have been someone with a weapon pointed right at that hatch. Boom, the guy's dead right there. So to have that amount of courage to just jump in and open that hatch, just doing your job, is so admirable. Whoever this, he this doesn't stumble was. at all. He's in, like, no. he's in gear. He's yeah. full gear. He's going uh, – Full out open ocean. It's not like he's sitting on the shore. Like he's going. This is one of the more impressive that I've seen in a long time. And we're talking about that on. No, I'm not gonna say that. But we. It is an unbelievably impressive video. Oh, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. And I feel like we rip on the coasties sometimes. This guy, all the props. He just yeah. brought the cool points up ten he million really, percent. Actually, I, love I haven't it. seen. Love a, the I haven't seen a coastie this impressive since Ashton Kutcher in the Guardian. Oh yeah. Whoa! It's been a while and, since we talked about the Guardian. And mostly, I wanted to say credit to us for talking about a video that you can clearly see while you drive down the road. Yeah. <laughs> the two things that I really liked about this video behind the scenes. The driver, the pilot of that boat doesn't get enough credit because they're oh, going full speed. He's yeah. got to pull up right next yep. to it. He can't like drive over it. Yeah. He can't be right. too far. can't be too close. And the the view of the full ocean that you get, they are out there. Oh, yeah. They are in the middle of the ocean. It's so expansive. Like it never ends. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Also. That is, is so very, terrifying. Yes, it is You're scary. giving the shout out to the driver of the Coast Guard Cutter. Anti shout out to the driver of the submarine who was like, yeah, I think go underwater, dude. Like, what are you uh, doing at the surface of the water? You know what? I'm just well, going to go. They're, they're semi submersible. They can't go underwater. Mm-hmm. They can make all these. There's a documentary that you could, I recommend it highly on YouTube. You can probably pull it up. Like Google drug smuggling submarines. And they just have the little top go in because they can't design ones like with the money that it would yeah. cost to have a full out submarine. So they just have ones that barely go above the surface of the water and they're painted the same color of the water. To avoid detection from like drones and shit like that, oh. it makes it very difficult for them to mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. They can't actually dive in. That's why the guy knew. Because if you were if you were jumping on an actual submarine and they could dive down, you can get caught in that suction and it would take you down with it. Yep. Yeah. You know what I would do if I was a drug smuggler? I would put a big old whale tail on the back and I'd put a fake <laughs> blowhole that actually blew out water and I would put a big smiling whale face on the front. <laughs> And if you're looking at the drug drone, you're like, oh, my God, everybody, look at this whale. blue whale. Yeah. Have you seen those suggested videos on Instagram where there is, like, a jet ski that you can get inside and basically yes. act like you're a dolphin and go oh, in yeah. and out? Yeah, this yep. is so cool. Oh, my God. Imagine, though, if you're I'd this. If I'd have done that, I, I, I would have nutted more than whenever Con saw Jennifer Love Hewitt in Iraq. <laughs> Imagine, though, if you're this <laughs> Not guy, possible. This crew of drug smugglers, though, because, spoiler, a lot of drugs do still come into this country. So imagine if you're the one crew that gets taken down. I mean, credit to the Coast Guard. They take down a lot of drug smugglers. Oh, yeah. But can you imagine going into the break room? Yeah, you hear about Bob got picked up. What yep. a loser. Yeah, because you're screwed with us and with the people <laughs> you were working for, too. Yes. You're just kind of. Exactly. Uh, don't smuggle drugs. Maybe I sound like a nerd saying that. Sorry, not Sorry. <laughs> Also, I still do drugs, so maybe I should. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 She's got a waiver. All right, any save rounds, alibis? Kate? Oh, can I just say I moved today? I know we we kind of, when I first came in here, I was soaked Mm -hmm. in rain, Mm -hmm. drenched in sweat, a hot moving day in New York City. 
15th move in 15 years and all my shit's just in trash bags everywhere. It's been a treat living with PFC Bren and company. I took some of the good shit from the apartment. I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> Glad but, to have you the hell out of there. Anyway. Yeah. No more shower curtain door <laughs> flipping shut in the middle of the night from the bars. Yeah. No I'm, more sneakily eating all your good junk. I food. almost did a serious face plant this morning with no lights on in the hallways because of the stacks of garbage bags. I oh, slipped yeah. right over them first thing this morning. So. That's the other thing. I forgot the boxes I ordered didn't come in time. So when the, the moving guys got there, it was just a massive mountain of trash bags. I just put everything I own in trash bags, like yeah. even stuff that is fragile. I was like, hey, be careful with that trash bag. There's some, <laughs> there's some ceramic shit in there. And they're like, what? So it was, uh, it was a real treat. Hmm. So there's that. All right. Uh, I also, no, I'm not done. All I just right, have to going. get this off my chest. Uh-oh. My, the room I moved into in the new apartment, mm-hmm. the guy still lives there, but he moved to the room next door of the person who left, which is a nicer room. That's fine. Whatever. Seniority rules. Didn't clean it. Oh, no. I'm a little grumpy about I'm it. Peeved. I would be. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to move into a dusty, dirty room. I'll say the, the floor is stickier than the first time console Jennifer Love Hewitt when he was in Iraq. <laughs> it is that sticky. <laughs> There we go. Anyways, go that on. was a long guys, yeah. roundabout way to get to that joke. <laughs> I blew out Yikes. that can't hardly wait DVD. <laughs> oh, you blew something, buddy. A load. Yeah, your- I, I got two. Oh, no. um, one's a crazy story from Fort Hood, but first I want to just say, if you have not read Chaps' blog about, I'm sorry, what was it? Chapman's first name? John. John Chapman, the uh, Medal of Honor recipient whose actions were recorded. You need to go check out that, that video. That video is incredible it's the first it's the first ever medal of honor recipient uh who had their action recorded essentially from a drone yeah it is unbelievable and the guy that i posted in the video on the youtube because i've seen the video whenever the whenever the citation came out but it's very hard to track unless you actually like know how to view shit from a drone like it's difficult to pick up what's going on Mm -hmm. a guy essentially goes in you know on espn plus now when they'll have kobe bryant or peyton manning break down film Mm -hmm. he essentially breaks down the film with x's and o's and circles everybody of what's actually going on so it gives you a full battlefield perspective about what's going on and what chapman actually did if you haven't seen that blog, I'll pin it to the top yeah. of my Twitter profile at Uncle Chaps. Make sure you go see it. It's it incredible. is heroism in action. Yeah. It is the best that we have in this country. He gave his life for Navy SEALs, for people around him, and it is truly, truly a remarkable scene. Yeah, yeah. I sat there after I watched it. It's like nine minutes long, it's and it, it felt like it was 10 seconds long, and I my job was like open afterwards. Yeah, I, the guy did a I, great job narrating. It was that was just yeah, really incredible. So anyway, there was this uh, buddy of mine. He's a commander down at uh, Fort Hood. Uh, just took battalion command. And he told me about this crazy story. A couple of his uh, – two of his soldiers in his battalion. Uh, something went wrong in their barracks to where their AC went out. And you're at Fort Hood, Texas in the summer. Your AC oh, I guess we out. have AC in the barracks now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so they devised a crazy plan. They have some female friends that live in a different barracks, brand new barracks. So they devised this game. They played with the female barracks where it was like a bet to see if they could switch barracks rooms. Highly illegal. So it caused a whole big ruckus uh, for my buddy who's in command. And what's even crazier. A bet? Yeah. No, they did like some sort of Uh, trivial pursuit game where they like challenge each other. But then apparently like people came and watched. You're giving away the plot of an episode of Friends. (laughs) Oh fuck! <laughs> see, yes, I wanted. Wait, 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 I didn't want to tell anyone. No, I no, wanted to see if she was going to enjoy that, and then I was going to say, 
Oh, bullshit. You enjoyed that. Did you that. see me? I was confused. I was like, that's so fucking stupid. That's the face I just had. Was That's so stupid. No, no. Go Friends on. She's in terrible, episode 12. Friends was a terrible show. The one with My the face just proved it. I didn't get that at all. That's very silly. You can just be honest. You were enjoying that story. You wanted this me to face, continue. This was my... You can't see my face right now, everyone, but I look like I just smelled a fart. Yeah. That's how I felt hearing I, that. I, I figured you were going to pick up Friends on it when I was going to say that the, the other commander, the competing commander, crazy. She was a surrogate for her brother's children so i thought that was going to be one step too far to where you might think it was a little weird oh my god <laughs> what a mess i'm determined to get you, you to guys in your tv shows what can i say yeah. chaps what's up last note obviously next thursday we will be down at max speed shop in fayetteville north carolina for rough and rowdy if you haven't gotten it yet we interviewed a dude in raleigh north carolina who is a poolie who's trying to join the marine corps not sure if he'll make it or not. He's a pretty chubby fella. Not sure if he'll get in or not, if unless he works really, really hard over the next couple months. He is fighting a dude named Brickhouse, who was an Army Airborne guy. And this dude might legitimately kill this kid. Because the the guy who wants to join the Marine Corps just turned 18, just graduated high school. And the other dude, nice Brickhouse, guy. is a legitimate, full-grown man. And he looks like he will absolutely kill this dude in the ring if there's so many fights go to our twitter page at zero block 30 or the instagram page and check out all these different fights if you don't like it i will ask dave if he'll give your money back he might not because he's a little mad at me still but (laughs) (laughs) we'll ask him anyways go to buyrnr.com. you can subscribe and get barstool hardcore and then you'll have all the different rough and rowdies throughout the year for free if not just come out and visit us if you're in the fayetteville area we know a lot of listeners from that base Come and check us out. We're going to have us three, us four. Large is going to be there. Big Cat's going to be there. They're going to be stopping by. Everybody's going to have beer, pork sandwiches, and shit. I'm pumped. Me and Kate ate there with Dakota Meyer a few weeks ago, and it was delicious. They have great food, great setting. Come out to Max Beach Shop in Fayetteville. Other than that, sound the retreat.